And we are back. <sighs> what a rainy, dreary day for this Fork Buddies podcast, Flan. Yeah, man. I'm, I was going to actually lead off the podcast by asking you how you've been battling it. It's pretty depressing. Oh, it's a house of sickness down here. My mom's got strep throat. I've been scratchy since yesterday. Yuck. Dogs are dreary, melancholy. Man, it's like it's like bundling up to to part the Red Sea just to just to take the dogs out to use the bathroom. It's crazy. Yeah, man. It like uh, Duke went out this morning and the like pitch dark at like six thirty and. I was like, I'm not going out there with you, bud. Good luck. <laughs> Fend for yourself. Man, <laughs> you're lucky he didn't get swept away. I know. Rushing waters just rolling through the front yard, and he just gets taken off. <laughs> it's, it's not far-fetched. If you guys could see the level of water outside of our houses, it's it's pretty bizarre, especially for February. It's been raining for what, like three straight days? It's not going to stop. We need to build an ark. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Maybe the apocalypse is right around the corner. It we seems that way. It seems that way. Well, well Flynn, this episode of Fork Buddies Podcast brought to us by... <laughs> Kara's Cuts Up and Collar, huh? That's right. Man, the other day I was feeling like I needed a haircut. I went and saw Kara, and she gave me the cut of my lifetime. All you got to do is mention Fork Buddies at checkout and save 10 to 15% off your final bill, that's probably not going to happen, but mention us anyway because we could yeah. use publicity. Yeah. We I, I we were talking yesterday when we were at dinner that uh, just the total downloads alone for, like, the three podcasts that we've done is in, like, the 50 range. So we got a little bit of an audience brewing, and then if we pick it up through Kara's business, which is my sister for anyone that doesn't know, we might, you know, get up to 100. You never know. So. That's Support crazy. The podcast, man. Support the- from small beginnings right. to greatness. Right. And you know what? Speaking of uh, our our download volume, I believe I need to give a shout out to your to your good buddy Holstein. <laughs> he would appreciate that. I hear what you're saying, Holstein, and a J T shirt. It's on happen. the way. It's in the works. <laughs> it's gonna be crap, but we'll get you one. We can, we can get a JT shirt out to anyone who requests one. You are, you are the star guarding, guiding this ship. So, I mean, what would even be on that uh, T-shirt? Dude, like, I don't know, man. My face. I mean, that, that's a bad shirt. Yeah, we'd have to get a little more creative than just your face. But I don't know. Maybe some some sort of homage to the state, along with a goofy picture from our past. You know, maybe a. Maybe we could scrounge through our old, like, our mom's old, like, photo albums and see if we could embarrassing mm. pictures of us. Possibly. <laughs> so, so all, yeah. trying to think of what embarrassing pictures of me exist. Oh, I have one when I'm, like, in fourth grade with, like, the shiner of my yeah, life. Yeah, that'd be great. That's a good J picture. picture. Also, like the the so if you're gonna go with the shout out route to start out, I have to uh, do a correction to last week's podcast. Speaking Ooh, okay. of greatness, um, I'm sorry to my father-in-law for getting it wrong about his 
bowling prowess in the great state of West Virginia. Uh, to clarify, he not only bowled more than one or two uh, 300 games, seven in his career in Charleston. And that is insane. And not only did he bowl seven, he bowled one at every single bowling alley in the Canal Valley, which is only three. Still. That's the most remarkable thing. I think. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool, man. So he did like that's taking it. That's taking it on the road. Yeah, away the, the bowling slam. It wasn't like he was just doing it at the ones that he liked, you know, or the one he liked. He, he did them at all of them. He turkeyed. He turkeyed the bowling circuit here. So yeah. So I never realized that I was in the presence <laughs> of a a supreme bowler. But kudos, Bob. That's that's quite Bob the bowling kingpin. <laughs> I just picked like I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how you do it. I'm still sporting a small bruise on my thumb from bowling <laughs> like two weeks yeah. ago. I just picture him as Bill Murray from Kingpin. Just just slamming <laughs> him down, you know? Hairs flying everywhere, just slamming him down. He definitely has better hair than Bill Murray in Kingpin. I'll That's give him true. That. That's true. So yeah, the had to had to get that correction up, but Nice. So uh, I guess to you know lead this thing off, we actually what we had planned to do with this podcast was go and eat at restaurants that we had never been to together, and then review them. And then we, this past week, or actually last night, we did that. So kudos to us; we were actually on on track to actually do what we set out to do, and it's to go eat food and talk about it. So we did that, and our first restaurant of choice was Whiskey Taco in Hurricane, West Virginia. Whiskey and Taco. And I got to say, man, I I was I was um I was satisfied with the experience. I was I too. mean, uh there were some other circumstances at play. You, you were a little bit, you know, going through some things, but we 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 worked through that, but at the same time, like the the environment was nice there, I thought. Nice. It was. It was, and and just uh, to clarify that, um, my my girlfriend's twin sister came on like sort of a surprise visit sort of thing. It was like a surprise, but at the same time it wasn't a surprise. I guess a surprise in the sense that my girlfriend didn't know exactly what time she was going to be there. But um, I, I say that to say this um, before we we dive right into the review. Um, a couple things on my mind. One, I actually today acted in my first role as a physician by calling my girlfriend's sister's place of employment and telling her or telling the manager that she was being treated for a staph infection, which was a total lie. But that doesn't negate the fact that I I still acted like a doctor and they bought it. Oh my gosh! What a what, I don't even know. What to say to you know, she she says she said, "Could you could you call and and just sound professional for me?" And buddy, I stepped up and delivered grand salami. What? They didn't question me for a second. Do you know how serious staph infection is? Uh-huh. It's- well, see, Ashley had just recently had a uh, a pair of Nikki on her. Um, I think it was her ring finger of her right hand. Uh, basically, that's just like uh, you get an infection under the skin, 
near your uh, like the bed of your nail and they have to um, drain it. So that was fresh on my mind. So I just went with that. <laughs> Dude, it's gross. Staph infection is disgusting. Oh, uh, yeah. Pretty sure I had one on my face at one time. Remember that? Yeah, but we thought that was a spider bite. Buddy, I have no idea. They, they, I don't remember how they diagnosed it, but um, I took some antibiotics for it. But, but pretty much what I did seemed to work the best. I uh, put this hot rag on it, hot wet rag, for like twenty minutes every two hours or yeah. so. And then eventually, that sucker just erupted. Wow. It was it was sweet. That it's still serious <laughs> stuff, man. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So she might get fired or written up or something because they probably know that that it's it's bogus when she shows up with no doctor's excuse. But I did my part, and I'm proud of it. <laughs> It's, so. I actually, speaking of staff, I actually saw it on last night. Um, a, a famous jujitsu guy, uh, Gordon Ryan has it on his like chest and it's a, it's in the early stages, but dude, if you start like Googling staff infections and you, you, you come to some like really gross ones, like from former UFC fighters, like Kevin Randleman's the nastiest one I've ever seen. There's like a, he has like a uh, – you can see almost like his entire rib cage under his armpit. It's like that big of a hole, and you can see all, all oh his muscle gosh. tissue and everything. It's it's nasty if it's not treated properly and caught quickly. Yeah. I don't know what forms it. I don't know what, where it stems from, obviously. Um, I, I guess just – I've heard they um, – in the UFC circles that they, they use this sort of special type of soap called self-defense soap, but I don't know what it, what yeah. it does actually to the skin that helps you from getting staph infection. Cause you're rolling around on those mats all the time and there's all kinds of people exchanging bodily fluids and you know, it's just an environment. Man, those, those mats are disgusting. Yeah, keeping those things clean. And then, uh, and if oh. you get a scratch or something, you know, and, gets infected and then it just turns from i guess mercy to staff or whatever but that's nasty stuff dude the wrestlers at my high school were all the time getting ringworm. Ugh. i don't know isn't that yeah sick? it's kind of gross too but it's it's just kind of the it's the it's the thing like that's just kind of what goes on i guess i don't know and then on top of that they had to starve themselves and <laughs> spit in jugs and yeah it's crazy well, yeah it's crazy, but anyway, weight cutting stuff's just a whole other. We could go for hours about weight cutting, or I, but yeah. Oh yeah. Well, uh, the other thing I wanted to bring up was we had a good sort of discussion about this yesterday. I don't think we got all the way into it. One of my all-time pet peeves. Oh yeah. Of all time, I mean, this is like the creme de la creme of pet peeves for me. Is when people. Eat in the car. <laughs> Why? 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 Well, uh, do you want me to go, or are you you going to elaborate on that? I'll elaborate. I mean, I, it, I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory. You eat in the car, you're a disgusting human <laughs> being. Like, you can't wait. You can't wait the ten minutes it's going to take for you to take that food somewhere where you can sit down and properly eat it. 
No, you got to eat it in the car. You go get crumbs everywhere. And if you're the passenger, woe be to the driver because he's not going to get any because you're going to eat it all before they get home. Which I think maybe that's where it all stems from because I mentioned when I was uh, in my in my early days of undergrad, there was a little Caesars about three minutes away from my apartment. And I remember going with the girl that I was dating at the time through the drive through We'd get a pizza. And like I said, three minutes on the same road away from my apartment. She would have already eaten like three slices of pizza before we even got home. And is that rude? Is yeah, that it's, rude? I feel it's like it's de- rude. It's I definitely it. inconsiderate. Oh my gosh, I can't stand it. Not not only so, did the fact that you you aren't being shared with, but also that they're getting crumbs all over your vehicle or theirs. I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Now, now if you're, if you're taking a road trip and you don't have time to stop, that's a different story. That's part of the fun. It's part of the package that you signed up for. You're going to be sharing the car and food and drinks and smells in the road for a long time. Yeah. You you have a goal to accomplish a trip and just got to, if you're if you're with your boyfriend or girlfriend or significant other whatever, and you guys just shoot through a Taco Bell, don't eat. Do not eat your bean burrito in the car before you guys park it in the driveway. I mean, do we, the uh, I'm gonna even do you one better. Don't even take out that one French fry at the bottom of the bag. That's just that's not right, dude. That's not right. Right I, now, that that is a tall order for a lot of people because those those French fries are. Of enticing. course they are. They it, the smells coming out of that bag. You definitely want one, but at the same time, even if you offer me one, I still don't feel like it's right. I still don't feel like we should be eating those French fries. That meal is is designated for your table at your house with whoever you are with, and you guys are to share that meal together, and that, mm-hmm. not in the car. You know, it's it's like if you're the passenger and you're eating in the car, that's the worst. It's bad enough if you're driving and you eat before you get home. Then you're just disgusting for reasons that don't really need to explain. Just, I mean, just drive. Yeah, and here- people get people get mad at people who text and talk on the phone and stuff when they drive, but not when you eat and drive or put makeup on and drive. It drives <laughs> me crazy. But but if you are the person that is in the passenger seat and you're eating food while there's someone driving to me in my distorted point of view, that's the exact same as sitting at a table across from someone and you eating and them just looking at you eat while there there's nothing on their plate. I agree. That's how I feel. I agree. I just think it's uh it's a mutual respect thing. Like if I can't eat, you shouldn't yeah. be able to eat either. And well, you just wait, buddy. You at just the same wait. time, at the same time, here's the other aspect that I think you might have missed a little bit is that that driver, you know, is it? They can like they could swerve real fast. There could be something that could happen, and that food could end up all over the damn car if you just got the bag out and you're just slamming it around and what yada yada yada. Like you don't know what's going to happen. And right. So then rude. If I, so rude. And that driver. Then if I, the driver had to go through the the ordeal of not only ordering it, but then the 
the awkward, inconvenient task of talking to the person through the window, handling the food, handling the money. Right. I mean, come yeah, on. Yeah, and then if I slam into the back of of David's F one fifty, and we and you have the bag open, and the food just starts spilling out everywhere on the on the um, floor seats, or like we're we're in trouble. Like we we. It's gonna look it's gonna look really weird when you're standing there talking to the cops, writing a police report with mustard and nacho <laughs> cheese all on your face. They're gonna they're gonna automatically assume that you weren't paying attention. You were stuffing your face with food. Which you were. <laughs> so, so yeah, man, I I agree with you. I I I'll take I'll uh, take this. Uh, uh, hey. Well, don't worry, buddy, because when when I when I run for senate here and like. 30 years that's gonna be my platform i think you have a you would you would create a solid base with that i think i think I mean, you're bringing not? awareness to people that they might not know that that's an issue and you're you're providing the providing worst. the awareness to that issue and i agree needs to needs to change don't, don't, oh yeah forget <laughs> health care forget immigration <laughs> no more eating in a car right. it's not the purpose of a car so so eating then takes us to what we ate last night at Whiskey Taco. Um, oh, yeah. Let's go there. So for anybody that doesn't know, Whiskey Taco is the sister company of the Tortilla Factory in Barbersville. And they opened up probably a couple weeks ago in a little, like, plaza on uh, Taze Valley Road. And it's right beside where Mayberry's relocated. And it's actually, if you remember, I don't know if you remember this, but back in the day, that used to be uh, close to that hot dog stand in Hurricane. Oh, the hottest hottest dog. Yeah. I never went to that. I remember going there with Sekula after, like, doing some baseball stuff a couple times. And we used to get some hot dogs in there. And it wasn't bad. I don't know what happened, but it wasn't bad. Is it Mayberry's now? Well, Mayberry, I I think one of the two restaurants. I I don't. Yeah, I think it was where Mayberry's was was the hottest dog. Mm, so, okay. And then and then across the way from that is the original Mountain Pie location. So that's all mixed in right there. So there's three or four, three yeah. three restaurants right there in that little plaza. So my like one of the uh, if I got a gripe, um, with the location is that the parking kind of is a. It can't. If it were like a Friday or Saturday night, I feel like we would have had more of a problem with that, because it's, yeah. it's a smaller parking lot for that many businesses. It's kind of maybe, maybe this is just in my head, but or maybe it's because it was dark and I couldn't really tell. I feel like that parking lot is really unorganized. Yeah, because you got people that are outside of the parking spots if everyone's taken up. So it's basically. It's ball, not ball, like ball. a like a perfect rectangle or square or whatever. It's like some weird polygon shaped parking lot. So actually navigating it in the dark in the rain like we were is it was a little bit uh I don't know what the word yeah, is I'm looking the for. The storefront that not ideal. Yeah, the storefront that Whiskey Taco is in is kind of like sticking out in comparison to the other ones. So it kind of like cramps everything up a little bit instead of pushing that storefront back to the where the original, the other ones lay, give it more room for parking. They didn't do that for whatever reason, but I'm not an engineer or an architect or anything like that. So I don't know. Anyways, um, 
Well, I know another gripe that you had, and I, I agree with you, um, is that the noise level was awkward yeah. in the restaurant. Yeah, so let me get into that. And I explained it to you last night and just talking about it. But there's a, there's a, there's a, some things that I've seen about the science of how rooms are set up when it comes to, like, noise and how you are to kind of buffer some noise that could possibly make it uncomfortable for, you know, people to sit there and try to talk. And I, I immediately felt that as soon as we sat down at our table, I immediately felt like when we, when she, when they dropped our silverware off and their, our menus and she left the hostess, I literally was like, man, it's too loud. And I started to survey the room and the floor plan is such that you walk in there's a seating area for waiting to be seated. And then the, it's, it's an open floor plan almost. So literally it's just one big room with just as many tables and booths as they can fit in there. And then the back area is reserved for the kitchen, the bar, and the restrooms. And then there's a few high tops back there. But there is nothing that will buffer the sound in this room. So literally with the music playing and the room being full, it is just like, it's just nonstop. Like you can never just like have a, you know what I mean? Like there's nothing to break down the noises that are going on in that room. So what I missed was they should have had some sort of dividing device, like a wall that they put in to like help bounce the sound off of. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. So that's, because on on crowded evenings, with every table having their own conversation, trying to talk above the noise level, I mean, it's going to get louder with each person that gets seated. Right. And, I mean, we had like a 10 or 15-minute wait, so it was at capacity last night. And as such, the noise level is, is at its peak. And then on top of that, you have the music playing over the speaker system. Yeah. So... There were times where I really had to focus on your face to hear what you were saying. And and my voice projects, so anyone can hear me mostly. I can talk with the best of them loudly. and uh, Very true. So, like, I mean, I have no problem with that. But at the same time, like, for anybody that's quiet, there's no way you're going to be able to hear them speak. Like, it's... It's mm-hmm. it's a it's a thing that I don't think rest I think restaurants underestimate along with like playing music that uh you know tries to keep you know I guess the interest level of the room up or you know what I mean I don't know there's a uh-huh. weird science to music too I don't feel like I feel like we'll hit on that eventually but like I I didn't I didn't hear any music in the restaurant last night where I was like oh that makes sense you know what I'm saying like the re- yeah. like for the decor side of it though like the layout I thought was was really nice, but I just think they didn't take into account the, the noise level. But like the decor was like super like um super modern and hip to like pop culture, and I found that refreshing because it was like they they were they were trying to bring an upbeat feel to Mexican like with all these other Mexican restaurants in the area. It's basically like old traditional, like you know your standard mule out front or just like an old style, I don't know, it's just dated, it seems like, with their decor. But with Whiskey Taco, they really put some thought in, like, bringing in some, you know, a, a, an interior design yeah. look like. You know what I mean? They paid somebody to do that. Well, I noticed 
um, of course, your back was to it. I had to point it out to you. They had two pictures hanging on the wall that really I thought was unique. Um, one was Will Ferrell and the Anchorman sitting at his desk in his little blue suit where he says, boy, that really escalated quickly, didn't it? Yeah. Um, I thought that was kind of a funny, like, homage to uh, the Anchorman. And it's it's like in pastel oil colors, too. It's, yeah, it's bright. It's, it's, pretty it's bright and vibrant. And then, yeah. And then right next to it was the same kind of picture, but of Jim Carrey in Dumb and Dumber leaning up against the shagging wagon. Um, I'm trying to think of the exact moment in the movie. It's where he's like, come on. So we backtracked a tad. Yeah. And they freak out and get in that argument. It was, it was that moment that they represented in the picture, which I mean, it's just a, it's just a cool, refreshing take on uh, restaurant decor. You don't see things like that very often, especially in a hip Mexican joint. So well, that's what I, th- I like. That's what I think they're doing. They're doing right. Is that they're not going the traditional like setting for Mexican. They're trying to take it a step above. They're, they're wanting to step up one notch um, yeah. from all the other Mexican restaurants. Cause look, let me be the first one to tell you. I am not that big of a Mexican fan in a lot of senses when it comes to just the actual cuisine itself. But mm-hmm. I don't know what it is about this area, but they people love Mexican around here. Like, love it. They do. Dude, and I, and I, I thought about it a little bit last night after I left, and I was back at my house just kind of pill, pilling around. But I, I, I think where it hits right with West Virginia people is – is that it's the right price point to where you can go out, you get free chips and salsa, unlimited. You can drink your your beers for fairly cheap, draft, whatever, domestic beers, and even spice it up if you want to go with a Mexican beer. And literally it's tacos, burritos, and uh, whatever else, chimichangas, and it's all fairly cheap. You can go out with a family of four or a couple buddies or girls night or whatever, you got to have a really nice time for about, I would say on average, like, you know, 20, 20 bucks, 25 bucks uh, for, you know, a couple people. If you're on the same ticket, maybe more than that, maybe 25, 50 bucks in that range. And you can have a good time. You know? Yep. So I think that really resonates with West Virginians in a lot of ways is that we just, we love that price point and we love that atmosphere and we love, all the things that it offers, and if you do it decent, you're gonna have, you're gonna run a pretty successful business around here. It is interesting to think about. Um, I've I think I've tried to before, but I've never really narrowed in on the exact reason. But every single town in West Virginia, like I'm, I mean, every single town has a Mexican restaurant. Yep. Every single one. There's multiple. And yeah, yeah. There's competition. Like have, it's not like one. it's not like one one dominating the other. I don't think it's there's there's some stiff competition to like I've had I've had the debates with people on which ones they actually like to go to, and there's there's people giving us some real thought. And 
I agree. Really... I agree. Some people around here, some people hate La Roca. Yeah. Or I guess it's called Roca's now. Roca. Some people hate it. Some people love it. Yep. Some people just straight up hate Rio Grande and Nitro. Some people love it. Yep. There's there's but, there's brand loyalty to to Mexican restaurants around here. That is no there. There is that is that that's pretty mind boggling to me. It is if you really sit back and think about it, and you just start looking at all of the different, just in this just in the 15 mile radius around Charleston, literally, you start thinking about how many Mexican restaurants are just in around this this metropolitan area. And I can think of just certain people that I hang out with or associate with or talk to, and I know where they're where they like to go eat Mexican at. <laughs> like, just let that set, let that let that marinate in your brain. Like, I know these people that I come in contact with on a daily basis. I know where they enjoy Mexican, and I know where they don't like Mexican. Pretty pretty mind boggling, but that is. So, anyways, back- there there needs to be some kind of uh, sociological study done about that because yeah i I mean it it it, there's a lot that you can say about that just that you could do a whole podcast show on that alone we might if we get if we if we get short on content we might go down that road and why all right i'll i will be happy to revisit that (laughs) so so back to the adventure um we get in and we talked about the decor talked about kind of the noise level and I want to know your thoughts on how you felt about the menu in general. Like it was a fairly, it was a, it was a nice, it was, it was, it was nicely laid out, but there were a lot of options. So I just, I guess I, my first question to you is how'd you feel about it in general? And then secondly, uh, did you have any sort of decisional fatigue with trying to figure out what you, with what you were going to eat? All right. Um, first part of the question I like the menu. Uh, they had some state, some, what'd you say? I did too. I like the menu a lot. Okay. Yeah. They had some staples on there that I was happy to see. Um, and then they also had a ton of other options that I would have, I'd be happy to go back and explore. Yeah. Um, now you ordered table side guacamole, which, when you ordered it, I was just like, okay, cool. We're going to have some guacamole with our chips. Well, our waitress brought a bowl of avocados and then all of these extra little fixings that she tossed in there and then ultimately mashed up with two wooden spoons right at our table. It was cool. Yeah. It was a little awkward because I I felt like we had to make conversation while she was standing there because she was pretty quiet. But all in all, it was pretty cool. I wasn't expecting that. Um, so that was a I thought that was a unique menu option that you do not get at any of the uh, other Mexican restaurants around here. Um, no, let me, but, let me elaborate on that a little bit. Like I felt like you know they understand what it means for fresh ingredients. So yeah. I think in the, uh, and I knew what I was getting into when I ordered that. I just didn't say anything to you, but I knew what I was getting in order with that. And I just kind of wanted to see how they went about it. And 
when she came over with all those ingredients, you were, you were, you were pleasantly surprised. I was like, okay, let me see what she, how she gets down. So she mixes everything in, which is, a, you know, basically um, a run-of-the-mill guacamole sauce with some, like you said, fixings. And mm-hmm. uh, to, what, what is – it's a personal experience because it lets you know, like, hey, we're, we're not just mashing this up, uh, like, eight hours in advance and then just serving it out. Here, we, we're going to do fresh ingredients. We, these ingredients mean a lot to us. It's a staple in Mexican cuisine. So we want to show you how we do it. And I thought, yeah. I thought that is genius of Whiskey Taco to take advantage of that when other restaurants aren't even considering it. And it's something that's so easily done. Like how hard is it to teach an employee of the restaurant how to fix guacamole at the table? Yeah. So you automatically and, feel connected and, to the person making your food. You know what I'm saying? They're doing it right there in front of you. Yeah, and I noticed uh, another table. Yeah, and and I noticed another table um, ordered the same thing, and their waiter did it differently than ours. Right. So uh, it's unique to the server, but I was really happy with ours because you made the comment that the the avocado was a little chunky in ours, but they put this kind of cilantro vinaigrette thing um in with the when they're they're uh, mashing it up and it's pretty it's pretty watery and i thought you needed that little extra chunk to kind of offset that a little bit and it 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 was good it was really good i would have i would have i mean personal opinion like i would have felt a little bit better about it if it was a little bit more mashed up not as chunky but i understood what she was getting at you know what i mean yeah that texture to cut through a little bit of that vinegary uh lime right and vinaigrette that they were using but the other stuff was nice like the fresh fresco was nice fresco cheese and uh the the cilantro and all the other stuff that they put in plus you we didn't do the option but you could add bacon and pineapple to it i just didn't feel like we should step out that far yet because it was our first time being there so yeah we still had our water wingies on right and when i say that um another waiter did it differently our waitress used two wooden spoons and kind of just moved them up and down opposite one another until she was satisfied with what she had done. Right. The, the other waiter I noticed he had one, I think it was just like a a silver spoon and he, uh, he just mashed it with the underside of the spoon. Um, I would have been happy to waltz on over to their table and be like, excuse me, do you mind if I try (laughs) this real quick? But yeah, just uh, just bring everyone over and try to figure out who makes the best. But I, yeah. I feel like it's all it's all relative. So like that was a good experience. That's a pleasant experience. That's something that doesn't happen anywhere else. And I knew I figured, you know, let's 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 get to the bottom of this and let's do it. So that was that was good. But like as for the menu, uh, did you have any sort of def- decisional fatigue looking over it? Yeah. Yeah, I kind of did. That was where I was going next with, I said that there were a ton of other options that I'd be happy to go back and explore, but with a ton of options comes the anxiety that comes along with trying to pinpoint down what you want before the waitress comes back. Exactly. Um, there were a lot of, uh, things that I really didn't know what they were. 
but they were really enticing to me. The descriptions were, were pretty enticing, um, especially in the taco section. They have a ton of different tacos that you can choose from. They do. A ton. And and I didn't even ask you, I, I and I don't think I heard when you ordered, what kind of tacos did you get? Wow. That's actually a really good question. Uh, <laughs> so... I, I'm, I, let me, let me give it, let me give everybody a background on kind of what I do in that setting when I, when I, when it comes to making a decision at the table for, for what I'm going to eat. So mm-hmm. basically what I do is I mull over the, the whole menu and see what's kind of the layout get the lay of the land. And then when I kind of narrow it down, so like with this, this upper, like this menu, there's a taco section, there's a burrito section there's um appetizer section there's tostada yeah there's a tostada section there's a seafood section there's a classic section so there's a lot to chew on there so when i looked over the menu i was like "Mm." i was like well i'm not not extremely hungry but i you know i'd like to get a a decent meal in for dinner because i'd already you know i'd I'd eat a lot that day anyways and Mm -hmm. not a few times so i was like i'm gonna go fairly light because we've had guacamole and stuff like that so i'm gonna go lighter and when i looked at the tacos i was just like you know what this is kind of how i do it anyways normally when i'm picking like three because the the other restaurant that does this is black sheep and they have a variety of tacos to pick from and usually i'm just a fly off the cuff kind of guy like i i know what i like so i kind of just go i know what i like when it comes to like protein in a taco so i normally just look at like is it a chicken taco is it a chorizo taco? Um, is it a fish a f- sort of fish style taco? And I basically narrow it down that way in my mind where I'm just like, all right, I like chorizo. So I think that was one of my picks. And I, I wanted some sort of like a, um, a fish style, you know, shrimp or something like that. So I think I went with the pineapple shrimp taco. And the, okay. the last one I think was I went with the, try to go like more traditional and I think I'm, I went with like their uh, their mole taco, which come to find out, like if you know anything about mole, mole takes like a legit mole takes like two days to make. And it has like 17 or 18 ingredients. And it's like a shredded chicken taco. But the, the sauce they use on it is like it's very time consuming. So, ah. so I was like, I got to go with something more traditional. So that's kind of how I did it. I cut it up that way. So I went with a, a seafood option, a chorizo option, which for anybody who doesn't know, chorizo is like a Mexican spice sausage. It's real, like, it's, uh, it's got a real, like, it's got a little tang to it and it's got a little spice and it's, it's kind of real greasy, but it's, it's really good cut with like, um, like pickled, um, uh, pickled onion, pickled red onion, and like a, a nice cheese, like they use Fresco. So it, it was a nice, it was a nice con- contrast. So I tried to, I tried to break it up that way. You see what I'm saying? See how it went? Yeah. 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 So yeah, so that's kind of what I got into with the tacos. But like, I agree with you when you say like decisional fatigue is real with that menu, even though it's laid out nicely. And they do leave you on the hook. Like, yeah, I can come back and get this. And then the next time I can come back and get this. And the next time I can come back and get this. So, yeah, I would say that's the real silver lining uh, for a place that has an extensive menu is that if you do it right, 
you will have people wanting to come back and, and get something else. Right. And, and I do, I do. I want to go back and try something else. Um, I got something that I knew from the local Mexican restaurant in Dunbar, <laughs> uh, Los Agaves. I got the Jimador burrito. I thought since I was, I was feeling a little overwhelmed by the menu, I might as well just go with something I've had before at another establishment and compare them. And that would be a good uh, conversation fodder for the, for the podcast. And um, really for anybody who's had the Hemador before, and I would say a lot of people from around here have um, it, it was, it was pretty much right on par with Los Agaves, but somehow it was a little bit better. Um, I didn't feel as incredibly thirsty after <laughs> I ate the burrito because, because the uh, Hemador burrito for, for those of you not from here or have never had one, it is huge. They are. It is, it's like the size of your forearm and um, it has everything in it. It has beef, chicken, maybe pork, and then beans, rice, guacamole, vegetables, maybe even shrimp. I don't know, but it's huge. And um, I was pleased with it. I thought for something that uh, you can get at Los Agaves, uh, you can get the same thing at Whiskey Taco for just like a dollar more. But you can tell it's that dollar is spent wisely because it's it's just a little bit better. So, in my yeah, opinion. so let me push back on that a little bit. Um, the 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 burrito humidor for the layout of the land in in whiskey taco, which I think is on par with Los Agaves, is a twelve inch burrito with steak, grilled chicken, rice, refried beans, grilled onion, bell pepper, tomato, lettuce fresco cheese and then topped on top of the burrito it is it is ladled with queso and burrito sauce so i think that's on par with the other local restaurants now what i what i was curious about since you made the comment that it was only a dollar more what i'm looking up at as right now is that at las agaves their menu shows that their burrito burrito humidor is eight dollars and what you what okay. you paid last night was twelve dollars, so really a four dollar difference. And that's what I was gonna I was gonna segue to that and say, is it worth uh, is it worth the extra four dollars to get at Whiskey Taco, or at Los Agaves? Okay, wait a minute. You said eight dollars at Los Agaves. Yes. I was thinking it was nine. Okay. And last night, for whatever reason, I was thinking it was like. 1050 or 11 or something I'm like that. I'm looking at I but, think it's 1125 or 1195 at at Whiskey Taco. Uh okay. Well, in that in that case, no, it's not worth it. It it's still better, but I don't feel like the margin is that big. So, um, so who do you think it, and who do you think is is deceiving the customer here then? Do you think that Los, Los Agaves is like we'll make it up on the back end somewhere? Or whiskey tacos, like uh, we'll we'll put a little bit we'll, we'll we'll go with a better burrito sauce and upcharge upcharge another three bucks instead of what our competitor does. Um, 
I don't think that it's it's deception on either end. I think it's two drastically different venues. At Los Agaves, it's no frills, get what you get, in and out. They're all about volume. Right. Um, and therefore, they can charge, they can get away with, with a little bit cheaper prices. Um, but at Whiskey Taco, you know, we've already hit on the decor. We hit on the, the staff making things like guacamole at your table. Um, and I would, I would definitely say that their rent is way more expensive, especially being in Hurricane, than Los Agaves is in Dunbar. Um, so therefore, I think both know that they can get away with what they're charging. Los Agaves is well aware uh, that they can get away with a $9 or $8 burrito, whatever you said, and Whiskey Taco is aware that they can sell you basically the same thing with a little bit higher quality for like three or four more dollars. More. So that's, I mean, cause you, you also have to take into consideration <clears throat> the type of people that go in both places. Right. Dunbar, Dunbar is not that nice of a town and people here, I would say are slightly below the average national income. Whereas in hurricane, that's a relatively ritzy area. So you're, so, so you're, so you're basically telling me you're charging to your demographic. Yeah, that plays into it for sure. And so, like, what I was gonna say, what I was gonna say back to that was, is that I understand what whiskey taco is doing, but I am discuss. We are discussing the same exact ingredients for both restaurants, and there's a three different. There's a three dollar to four dollar price point difference. To me, yeah. To me, that just to me that just screams like someone. Someone is either both restaurants know that they're making it up somewhere else or one is just like, whatever, we're going to do what we're going to do. We're going to upcharge some of these basics, basic menu items and you either you're going to pay them and come or you're not. Now, here's an interesting thought. I noticed that one of the employees at Whiskey Taco, I know I am 100 percent certain I have seen him at Los Agaves. <laughs> so this this guy, I mean, and this guy wasn't a server. This the, When I saw him, the capacity of work that he was doing last night looked managerial. Yeah. So he could have the insight and um, business acumen to know that he can take his same product that he's pushing in Dunbar and South Charleston. Exactly. And bring bring it to the hurricane demographic and upcharge it. Charge, yeah, and they'll gladly pay for That's it. That's what I'm saying. I, he, I think he's not wrong. I think they're he's not I wrong. think they're taking advantage of the market and the demographic. And to me, if like it's not like don't don't let me uh, misrepresent myself here. I'm not trying to be like one as such like a skeptic or anything like that, or like create some conspiracy theory that there's some conglomerate or anything that's screwing the general public. All I'm saying is. Is that it's a business it's a business savvy move on their part to understand like yeah our competitors are doing this same exact product but what they don't understand is is that these West Virginians love this product so much and they cornered themselves in the market by charging eight bucks for this burrito well we're not going to do that we're going to upcharge that burrito and we're going to put the same the same quality ingredients that that Las Agaves has in it and we're going to make a few more dollars on it. 
And that's just how it's going to be. And we know people will pay for it around here. And that's what's happening. Yep. So. So it's it's definitely interesting to break down in that way. Yeah. I mean, it's I almost bi- wonder business if they have some kind of. Go ahead. Well, I was just thinking, would it be possible? We know that the people that own Tortilla Factory own Whiskey Taco. And Tortilla Factory, I've been there, and I don't think that they have a humidor. They might, but I can't remember it. I don't Um, think they do. Yeah, it's a totally different vibe than Los Agaves altogether. And, um, I mean, Whiskey Taco is as well, but is it far-fetched to think that maybe – there is some kind of uh, business agreement between Los Agaves and, and Tortilla Factory or, or Whiskey Taco? There's an interesting thing I think you mentioned when you talked about maybe seeing a former employee from Los Agaves managing at the Whiskey Taco restaurant. It's not out of the realm of possibility, in my opinion, that what happened here is, is if you recognized him, I would say they maybe plucked him from Los Agaves. And like, Could hey, you, you got some experience in the field. You know what you know what you know what people want. You know how to treat customers inside of this uh, demographic. So I'm gonna bring. I'm gonna pay you a couple more dollars. And you come down here and run my restaurant. Because from my understanding, yeah. my understanding, Tortilla Factory. This is Whiskey Taco. I said this earlier. Whiskey Taco is the sister restaurant, and it's two of the two of the brothers from Tortilla Factory opened this place up. So it's kind of like the them. It's like it's kind of like the. The example with uh, Gonzo Burger and Casino de, M- de Amor in Charleston, where the dad opened up Casino de Amor and offered high in- higher end Mexican food, and then the sons came down from New York and opened up Gonzo Burger right across the street. So it's basically these families that are basically coming in and like we know what the public wants. We open one restaurant. If that works, then we'll branch off from there, and that's kind of what they're doing. Yeah, and. Uh... It's probably worth mentioning several years ago, um, maybe 2011 to that. Yeah, no, 2012. I played in an indoor soccer league in Hurricane. And one of the guys that was on a a rival team, um, he was the owner of La Roca. Yeah. And, uh, I, I would say it's not far-fetched to assume that he was well aware by playing in Hurricane every week. Uh, he was well aware of the landscape there, and maybe he was even scouting it out. And I don't know. La Roca has definitely seen some changes since then. It's not even called La Roca anymore. It's called Roca's. And um, I think they even revamped their menu. He might be in cahoots with uh, <clears throat> Whiskey Taco now. I don't know, but yeah, Ro- to elaborate on Roca, they kind of <coughs> they kind of rebranded it a little bit. They they just I think they wanted to make a they wanted to get a they they just wanted to change the menu up a little bit, change up the signage, and you know create a little bit of buzz around the restaurant where I I've, they probably slowed down a little bit because. When they first opened, they were they were booming, and since I've been back in there, man, it's it's not necessarily a ghost town, but it's not like it was before. In my yeah, opinion. I agree, I agree. Because I mean, I've we spent there. Were you with me that one time we went to uh, Cinco de Mayo there? 
Yeah, that they, was. They they set out a tent outside in the parking lot. Like that place is on fire on Cinco de Mayo. Was a shindig. <laughs> it was awesome. We had a great time, dude. Yeah, we did. We like Ten or twelve, uh, man, and we we went under that tent and just got got rowdy. Yeah, <laughs> it was fun. Fun time. Yeah. It's like you know our our mutual friend Andrea and her sister worked there. Yeah, and they left, and now it's kind of like blah. I'm not saying it's blah because those two specifically left, but <clears throat> when they rebranded, I don't know what happened. Yeah, it just it kind of just the wheels fell off a little bit. Still a good restaurant in my opinion, but. I don't think anybody's knocking the door the doors down trying to get seated. Right. <coughs> so, so back to the whiskey taco adventure. Um, basically, what you're telling me is, is that in the I was gonna I was gonna segue off of what we were talking about into like how your how your meal was, but I feel like I've already got a pretty good uh, predictor of that. Um, it was just subpar, is basically what you're saying when it, you're you're comparing your burrito against the the lower the competition's burrito. Same ingredients. Well, I'm not going to say it was subpar. I, I would say it was definitely um, – it was it was below par in the sense that you want to be below par when you're playing golf. It was good. Right. Um, I think it was better than Los Agaves, and I would I – would, I'm probably betraying – somebody or committing treason by saying this but <clears throat> i would rather go if i'm going to a mexican restaurant i would rather go to whiskey taco over los agaves every day um, <clears throat> yeah i'm trying not to cough but i'm starting to get scratchy I um, so sorry everybody but um i would definitely say if you're looking for quality that experience at whiskey taco is is it's far above um, any of the other places around here. And um, it's I also worth wanna, a couple dollars, right? It is. It absolutely is. And there are two things that I want to point out um, <clears throat> before I'm, I'm out of things to say about Whiskey Taco. One is that last week, I think it was last week, I mentioned that my cousin had gone for her birthday lunch to Whiskey Taco and they came out. <clears throat> of the kitchen and wrestling masks singing happy birthday. We found out last night that is not a lie. Somebody's birthday was last night and a line of wrestling masked employees came pouring out and they weren't singing happy birthday. They were saying ole, 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 like really loudly. And uh, I thought it was pretty cool. I mean, the fact that you, you – you made a good point. The fact that they cover up their faces, the employees aren't embarrassed. So they'll be loud and do whatever, you know. And uh, I think that that's, that's good management. And you also you, – I mean, you, you, you brought that to the table last night when you said that's good management. Because if anybody has seen the movie Waiting, I always think of the movie Waiting – when I think of people having birthday parties at a restaurant in the movie waiting with Ryan Reynolds, all of the wait staff absolutely hates their life and their job. And when they need birthday singers, it's like the worst thing that could possibly happen. 
and Ryan Reynolds, you know, they come out of the back kitchen clapping and with a cake and a candle and, and Ryan Reynolds gets in the little eight-year-old's face. Yeah. Scares, <laughs> it scares the kid. <clears throat> I had an experience like that at Shoney's when I was like three or four years old. They came out clapping because my grandma told them to. I got under the table and cried. I think I mentioned <laughs> that last week as well. But um, this was different. It was like a, a fun take on restaurant birthdays. So definitely cool. Um, yeah. Yeah, I I agree in the sense that uh, we you say use the term mask, the actual technical term that they put on. They put on lucha libre masks. Lucha libre. And for anybody that doesn't know what a lucha libre mask, it's it it came from Mexican professional wrestling. For whatever reason, the Mexican professional wrestlers started wearing masks a long, long time ago when they started putting on these shows for people in their uh, respective country. And it became super popular and then was brought no, brought over the States back when like wrestling was at, was at its highest peak of popularity. You had a few guys like Ray Mysterio Jr. Um, oh gosh, uh, La Parca. Um, who else? They, there was a whole cruiserweight division of Mexican wrestlers and most of them wore masks. So the restaurant isn't smart in my opinion, which you already kind of stated and basically allowing these, these employees to put these masks on, for for the three minutes that they get out there and do their do their little stick and they can be free because they don't have the embarrassment of actually doing it well why people see their faces so they can yeah. just so it's a brilliant brilliant marketing ploy on their because they're they're paying homage to their roots plus they're allowing their employees to have a little playful banner and keep everything light so kudos to you whiskey taco and getting that right because not uh, not other people are putting that much thought into uh, birthday celebrations. For sure. For which, sure. Are which are embarrassing for most, but I feel like with this twist, people will probably look for it. People probably kind of want them to do that. Yeah, so. yeah. I feel like it, it's embarrassing a lot of times for the, the person whose birthday it is because they know <clears throat> subconsciously maybe that the waiters hate doing that. Yeah. Um, and, and at whiskey taco, you kind of have the, uh, I don't know, maybe I'm going to, I'm going to use the phrase cognitive dissonance of that or like suspension of disbelief maybe because you don't see their face. <clears throat> so it's, you're not really thinking about that, but also it could be that the wait staff is actually having a good time because they're getting to be pretty silly anonymously. Um, and, uh, that kind of takes the edge off. They're having a good time. So you're having a good time. It's a good time. Um, yeah. but the other thing that I wanted to bring up for everyone that does not know, I went to high school at hurricane high school. This restaurant is in hurricane. I have not seen people that I have graduated high school with in like 10 plus years. And I'm fine with that. I was kind of a weird, I don't, uh, what, what, I wasn't a loser. I don't know what you call me in high school. Loner, maybe. And I have no issue. I mean, who does? Who wants to see people you went to high school with, you know? But it's astonishing how small towns work, Flynn. 
It's astonishing. Keep in mind, I just said I have not seen these people in three years. And I didn't say anything to you last night because I was saving it for this moment right now. I saw off the top of my head four people that I went to high school with, one yeah. of which sat right next to us. You remember that the the yeah the woman with the little baby? Yep. Went to high school with her. Went to high school with her brother, who was sitting right there next to us as well. One of the waiters went to high school with him. And then the only one that I spoke to all evening was a girl that graduated a year after me. Sweet girl. And we actually tried uh, kind of hanging out at one point, and I broke it off. But here she walked in with her new boyfriend while Flan and I are sitting in the waiting area. And I go to wave at her, and I hit my elbow on the um, <laughs> door frame real hard. And uh, it was just an awkward encounter. And she walked away going, are you okay? I was like, yes, I'm fine. Thanks. Thank you. Good to see you. But what is oh, that? that was... What is that about small towns? Something like this pops up and everyone's there. It's like the cool thing to do is to be seen in, in this establishment now. And I think you, I think you answered your question of that is basically that there's not a lot going on. And when a new, when a new place pops up, everybody wants to get their, their, get out there and see what it's all about. And then you, you run into a lot of people that you haven't seen in a long time. I was, I was actually shocked that I didn't see anyone that I knew in there because normally if the new spot opens up and in the surrounding area, most people all from all over the surrounding area are going to go and try it out. So yeah. I, was, I was shocked to see anyone, but yeah, I don't know what it is exactly, but other than the, just the, the vicinity in which we live and there's not a lot of people here and there's not a lot of people coming from out of the state to take in part of what the state actually offers. So you just kind of get a mix of what you know and who you know. And I mean, I'm 28 years old, so they're roughly 28 years old, give or take a couple years, depending on who we're talking about. But they've gone 28 years without ever having set foot in this restaurant until it just opened. But as soon as it opens, that's where everyone is. Where were they yeah. eating before? Why can't they they spread it out evenly? No. Everybody's got to be here. It was a little awkward because I was kind of hoping they wouldn't recognize me. Because, I mean, everybody's different. But me, I'm one of the guys that when I left high school, I left high school. And I don't want to really talk to almost any of them ever again. Um, but then I have encounters like that. Which, Hannah, if you're listening to this, it was lovely to see you. I'm not talking about you. <laughs> I'm not. You're but a very it, it, nice it, it, girl. And your mom is a very lovely lady. But for everyone else, I just don't care. I just do not care. <laughs> and and it was it's always awkward because I feel like we can't go anywhere without me seeing somebody I don't want to talk to. Right. Last night I, was, was definitely uh, an exaggerate, not an exaggeration. It was like, a, uh, what? What's the word I'm looking for? It was that multiplied because there were so many of them there. But well, I think the the other side of that too is is that they probably don't want to talk to you either, and you you're also not probably taking into consideration of how many people that actually moved out of the area, and you you might not ever see again. So there's that that flip side of that, you know, you're not. Yeah, that's true. The people that actually don't even 
remotely associate with Hurricane anymore and have moved there on. Are, there are several. That's true. Yeah. So, well, bringing it all the way back um, from those two tangents, uh, my food was actually really, really good. All right. I was actually really, really enjoyed my three tacos. And I think when I was eating my tacos, you were on the phone and literally I, I looked up from my plate and they were just gone. And I think you were kind of shocked at how fast I ate those suckers. I was, I want the record to show Flan was finished with his three tacos before I ever even sank fork and knife into my burrito. (laughs) He was finished. There's actually even there's even more to that. They they come with like these two sauces, and I had already had Arda already had two tacos down, and she brought the, the the sauce canisters over, and she's like, "Oh, those go with these." And I was like, "Oh man," so I had to like <laughs> I, had, I had to like add both of them the uh, the two sauce canisters to the last taco, and just kind of was like, "Yeah," and then that's when I told you that that one sauce was spicy, and to put it on your burrito and put it in the guac and. It was pretty it good. Didn't, it didn't measure up to my desired level of spice, though. Yeah, that, yeah, but that's hard. It is. It is. It's hard to please me in that realm. I needed some uh, Blair's Megadeth or, or some Hot Ones Fiery Chipotle, maybe. I don't know. but Yeah, I still need to get my hands on that. Yeah, you need to come up and try that on, on somewhere. I'll bring it up next time. Next time the missus makes some uh, tacos or guacamole or something. <clears throat> but again, like mine, I think I you you asked me earlier, but I can, I, I somewhat remember. I, I explained it a little bit. I think I went with the, the tr- traditional chorizo taco, the pineapple shrimp taco, and the mole taco. But here's the kicker. Here's why I enjoyed my meal so much. And it was because they give you three options. They give you a traditional flour tortilla, they give you a corn tortilla, or they give you lettuce wraps. All three I like. If I had to rank them in order of likeness, I would probably go corn tortilla, which that's why I felt like my dish was so good. Um, Second would be the lettuce wraps if you're looking at your health. And then third would be the flour tortilla, which anybody that eats a flour tortilla is just like, yeah, whatever. You know what I mean? It's not 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 much special just because it's out there a lot. Yeah. So, yeah, back to like why I choose number one corn tortilla to me. I don't know what it is about those corn tortillas, man. And I know a lot of people don't like them, but for me, dude, it makes or it makes or breaks good tacos. <laughs> and if you're not doing if you're not doing a corn tortilla, I'm 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 sorry you're missing out on that. You know, I just feel like that's a mark that's a market and a a, a palate that you should always please. I'm with you on that. I am with you 100%. I think that that's, as far as uh, taco shell options go, that's 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 among top shelf quality. Yeah, and three three tacos was like ten dollars, no matter the choice of what your uh, delivery system was. So I was like, man, yeah, bring on the corn tortillas. And I actually, while I was sitting there waiting for you to finish or even start eating, I was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was I was contemplating getting another round, and I was like, "Nah, I'm not gonna." Yeah, do that. I remember you saying that. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, but you, I, just, I like, you blew through those tacos. They're not they're not the biggest tacos in the world, but I mean, they were filling. Like they had enough stuff in them. It wasn't like they were cheating you on the actual contents of the tortillas. They let you fold them up yourself. They just kind of 
present them on the plate flatly and then you roll them up and eat them the way you want to eat them and add the sauces and stuff like that. So, I, I mean, I was, I was, I was surprised. I was like, Oh, that's, that's a really high end taco for 10 bucks. I don't feel like you can beat it. Yeah. And I was, they I was look good. Than, they look real yeah, good. They were good. They were really good. And I, I you know, I, I thought your burrito looked good, but I felt like it was just your standard run of the mill humidor burrito. Uh, yeah, it was. I, from looking at it, I was like, ah, I feel like he messed up, but I wasn't going to say anything. Yeah, I should have gone with something else, but now I know. Now, I yeah, know. I knew you were going for you went for comfort there, and I, I can't blame you. Yeah, I wanted to compare where they stood against places I was familiar with, and the only way to do that was to get something I know very well from from these other establishments. But, but you know, I've been that's thinking all morning about how I'm going to rate this. Oh yeah. And were you going to say something there? Yeah. I was going to finish out the thought and saying that it was good for the podcast that you did that because it gave us another talking point. So the podcast appreciates you for, for staying in, in the, the boundaries of what you knew. <laughs> I do what I can, man. Try, aim I it, please. But yeah, but go um, ahead. Here. I, I, yeah, I've been, I've been debating it in my mind all morning and I think I've, I've, I've come to a pretty reasonable rating. Um, Go for it. So I think the the Fork Buddies format for rating restaurants is going to be something along the lines of two forks up, meaning you're sitting there with two mm. forks, one in each hand, ready to chow. Right. That's the that's the highest honor we can bestow upon a restaurant. And the lowest would be no forks. <laughs> No fork. You're just not and let's, let's, let me let me preface stating what a two fork meal would be in stating that a two fork meal would be what we described in our very first podcast as one of our favorite meals. Mine being Manny's and yours being some of the uh traditional Asian dishes that you ate out in you know, the ramen dishes that you ate out in California and Chicago. Yeah. So those are two fork meals. Like it's gotta be it's got to be up there, up there for us to give out a two fork rating. We're not just going to be handling them out like they're, you know, going right. out of style. Right. It's have to do something really spectacular to get two forks. We're conservative with our two fork ratings for sure. Right. Yeah, um, exactly. But <clears throat> I thought for a long time that maybe it was reasonable to give them a one fork, one and a half forks, meaning – I've got one fork ready to go, and I've got another fork in my hand on the plate on standby. Right. But that's too close to the um, the kind of dish that you just explained that gets the two forks up rating. I agree. So I think that I'm going to give it a one fork. Right. A solid one fork. Now, places like um, Los Agaves, to me, Unless I'm like really, really, really hungry, or I'm just aching for that nostalgia, I can only get at places that I know are close to my home. They're only gonna get like um, a fork on the table rating, you know? Right. Um, but this, it was quality. I enjoyed the the ambiance of the place. Um, I enjoyed the company, and 
I can't say I was too thrilled about it being in my high school's hometown, but uh, you know, whatever. That's a that's a caveat I'm willing to pursue. Um, that plays a factor too. It does, but <clears throat> all in all, it was it was very good. It was somewhere where uh, I would say it's worth going back multiple times. It's worth taking someone on a first date. And uh, I'm going to give it a, a one fork up. Yeah, so uh, I was in the same realm of thinking. I agreed with that. Uh, state, those All those statements, I, I'm, I'm in... Uh, I'm in I'm in agreement with most of that. If I if there was a if there was a quarter fork, I would probably uh, dish it out, but if you want to stay in the realm of like re, re, like reasonable, I, I I won't go a quarter fork. I'll just go one one fork for sure. I agree with that. All right. And, and mine's probably for different reasoning is uh, where I felt like the uh the experience was a good experience number one. Uh where they lacked, I thought was and if it's gonna be a if it's gonna be a Friday or Saturday night, I would I would not go down there at like six thirty or seven because you're you're gonna have a tough time parking. Oh yeah. And then with the sound, I thought that that kind of took away from our experience a little bit, and not in a, like a, a uberly bad way, but at the same time, I feel like it could be problematic if it was really really packed. Um, but as in when it comes to the quality of the food. Oh, it's 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 up there in the area and offering some of the better quality food in the area. It was good. Like I was, I was really shocked at how good it was, um, food wise. Yeah. And then you know, service. We didn't talk much about that, but it was just kind of so so. She was a little bit, you know, she had a lot of tables, and you know, she kind of came up from behind me, and I didn't even know she was there, and she was talking to you. And <laughs> now you know one thing I did not mention, but I loved that she was. Uh... That, that she did. And I don't know if you caught it. I'm sure you did. But when I say it, you're going to know. And I didn't, I don't think I noticed any of the other uh, servers doing this. She had on rubber gloves when she was making our guacamole. And I really appreciated that. Um, I, you know, maybe it's the future MD in me trying to, to save uh, on disease spreading. Maybe <laughs> it's the fact that I frequent a Chinese buffet where I watch the dude work the Mongolian grill and get his, his gloveless thumbs <laughs> in my food when he hands it back to me. But <laughs> I really appreciate that. And I thought that was something that um, I don't think it's, it, I don't, I don't know. I, I want to say I don't think it's required uh, by the restaurant. I, do, I definitely don't think it's required um, by uh, the health code laws. I could be wrong, but uh, I felt I felt like there were other employees that were taking those standards. But it might I don't know. It might be a personal preference standard. I don't know. You there? Sorry, everybody. Get cut off by a phone call. That was yes. That's exactly what happened. Come on, hey. Put that thing on. Do not disturb. Oh, uh, okay. That's smart. I'm not that smart. Nah, that's all right, man.
guys, uh, back to the glove thing. Uh, you appreciated that. I think that was kind of up to the employee. Maybe the restaurant demands that. I don't know. But you appreciated that. I didn't think much of it. But at the same time, now talking about it later on, yeah, you got a point. Yeah, so I, I enjoyed I, it. I guess to finish up my review, I'd basically say, like, um, the negatives were the parking, the sound, and then positives were definitely the food, um, the decor, and in general that the, the Lucha Libre masks celebrations. Um, so they're definitely stepping out of the traditional box of Mexican restaurants, and I, I applaud them for that, and I appreciate it. And they'll definitely get my business again with a one fork rating. I agree. I agree. I don't think that I have anything to add to that. That's pretty much how I feel exactly. Um, well, there you. That's we finished up our first ever restaurant review. Yes, we did. Feel? I feel good. I feel good. I'm excited to do it again. Um, yeah. I don't know what gotta, our, what our gotta, next venture will be, but uh, hopefully, it's it's. It's right on par with um, whiskey taco. I agree. I I I think we got a few prospects though. I um, think so. Also, I'd like to looking. I'd like to uh, throw in here right at the end. I don't know if anybody took me seriously about mentioning us at Cares Cut Ups for ten percent off. That was a joke. <laughs> You're gonna pay full price. <laughs> let's just preface it this way uh there might be a there might be a venture we might move in the direction of business one day with this podcast and if Kara deems it deems us worthy of giving a 10 percent discount because our listeners heard us on here then hey you know win-win for both both of us we get a new listener um true her business true so just the, everybody the, keep listening and holding out for corporate sponsorship. But as for right now, <laughs> you you're gonna pay. Yeah, yeah. You get you, you get this you get this for free right now. But you know maybe yeah. the road we'll look into something else. Yeah. But, all right, man. Well, uh, I think it was good. Uh, you got anything else to ramble on about, or you want to call it quits and come back next week? Uh. I think I'm. I think I'm good. I don't. I don't have any else. Anything else uh, coming to mind? Um, I think I'm yeah, gonna go go get some lunch somewhere, and then I don't know. I'm. I'm really hoping I'm not gonna get sick, but I'm feeling kind of dreary. So uh, we'll see how that plays out this evening. Uh, look into. Um, look into uh, elderberry. Elderberry cough syrup. Supposedly, that's pretty good stuff for like common cold and ailments and stuff like that All pretty right. much get it over there. right yeah. on right on well <laughs> i guess the Let's fork be- buddy train is leaving the station choo 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 grab your forks and fork on fork on